Welcome to Joy Sounds, music you need to know, presenting the brightest emerging and breaking artists. This podcast is about who's next and who you will want to follow. And who knows, you might discover your next favorite artist. Here's your host, Chris Sampson. Thank you so much. I'm glad you joined us for another episode of Joy Sounds. Today, we present Southern California folk legend, Joel Raphael. And while it might seem unusual for a show that features breaking and emerging artists to present somebody in their fifth decade in the business, Joel's most recent record, Rose Avenue, is as poignant and relevant as ever. During today's episode, Joel discusses how his music drew important attention to the causes at Standing Rock. We also talk about the ways in which he carries on the legacy of Woody Guthrie. Joel also performs three songs off the Rose Avenue album. He performs Glory Bound, Secrets of the Heart, and Never Needing. So here is Joel Raphael performing Glory Bound on Joy Sounds. I went down to Money Town, a place I'd never been. It's the place my family's from, a place we still have kin. I'm not sure just how I knew that I had to go. Go down south to Money Town, where cotton fields still grow. And I never knew when I came down That they'd take me down in Money Town You can lay your money down I am glory bound I come from the city streets North of here by train And it's two days down to Money Town In the sun and wind and rain My family tried to warn me I was just fourteen And on my big adventure To a place I'd never seen and I never knew when I came down That they'd take me down in Money Town You can lay your money down I am glory bound What you think don't matter much if words don't leave your mouth When Jim Crow is still the law Down here in the South They lynched me down in Money Town I was just a kid And guiltier than hell They never paid for what they did and I never knew when I came down That they'd take me down in Money Town 
lay your money down I am glory bound You can lay your money down I am glory bound That was Joel Raphael, live from the Joy Sound Studio, performing Glory Bound. Welcome, Joel. Thank you. Man, it's so here. great to have you. Oh, man. I've been uh, excited to come do this. Love that song. What's the, what's the background? Do you got a story behind that song? Well, it's about, it's about Emmett Till. All right. And um, having said that, you know, I couldn't even start to explain the amount right. of time we have you know, about Emmett Till. There's a lot, a lot there. Um, but you could you can look him up for sure and find out the story. And, and you know, just in in a nutshell, he was uh, a fourteen year old uh, black kid from Chicago, right. uh, whose family's roots were in Mississippi. And one summer, nineteen fifty five, he convinced his mom to let him go down to Mississippi and visit his cousins for the summer. Right, right. Work in the cotton fields. And while he was down there, reportedly said something inappropriate to a, a white woman in mm-hmm. a store. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, of course, the reports on that are vague. Nobody really knows what happened. Sure. Long story short, her husband and her brother uh, went out to the sharecropper house that you know Emmett was staying in with his uncle and his cousins. And yeah. Kidnapped him in the middle of the night, the the, the next night, and brutally beat him oh. to death. Man. And then they were tried. Uh, for the crime twice and were acquitted both times. Yeah. Um, yeah. When 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 Emmett's mother uh, was able to get the body, Emmett's body back to Chicago, um, she insisted on an open casket memorial. And um, the story, of course, had been in the news for about a year. Yeah. Because of the brutal killing, and and the trial of these two white racists that yeah. had, had killed him. Yeah. Uh, getting off, and so. Uh, when they had that memorial service, 10,000 people passed by the casket and, mm-hmm. and saw what had been done to that, that boy. And uh, it's, it's considered to be the, the cornerstone of the civil rights movement because this happened in 1955, yeah. mm-hmm. about 10 years really before the, the, the peak of the civil rights movement. Yeah. And uh, Rosa Parks, uh, it's documented that when she uh, refused to give up her seat on, on the bus, she thought to herself, she said that she thought about that 14-year-old boy, Emmett Till, and what they had done to him. And as a folk singer, it seems like you've got this knack for taking these extremely poignant cornerstone stories and bringing them to life, actually, you know, speaking and communicating them in a new way through song. But also, they have they still ring with a certain relevance today. They 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 still they're still alive. Um, well, yeah, and the glory bound song doesn't go into the, into the detail, you right? Know? And, right. And, and, and I, I think that you know people should should look it up and find out what what that was because it was it was extreme. But um, I decided when I wrote the song to to take a different tack. You know, I wrote it in the first person, right? And um, you know, from the experience that 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 he was looking forward to. And um, trying to give some dignity to his death because it, it was such an important event. You know, you don't you don't know what part you will play, right? 
You know, as we go through our lives, we don't really know what influences we'll have or what part we'll play. But, you know, his mother's greatest fear was that as a 14-year-old, that his death was in vain. Right. That it was a wasted life, you know, uh, too young, which, and of course, it was. But at the yeah. same time, it was such a powerful thing that keyed off so many other events that, that led to people standing yeah. up for their rights. And it's absolutely critical that we, we not forget those moments, right. those stories, those people. And again, as artists, it's almost part of our responsibility to, to keep that alive, to make sure that that's still in people's memories and understanding. Yeah, and, and I think as artists, we have to be careful because you know when you write about historical events, especially uh, of, of the nature of, of a lynching. Right. You have to be careful to, uh, you know, you can't just write about the detail of it or just like explain what happened as I did in our conversation. Right. Because you can, you can do more damage than good by if you trivialize something that's really important, if you don't write about it in just the right way. Absolutely. You know, um, you can write something that, that ends up being uh, silly or you know, just just trivializes or devalues something that's important. From your vantage point, in 2019, what's what's the role of the folk singer? To bring to the table some of the stuff that, that's going to get left behind. You yeah. know, those of us that are, you know, old enough to to still uh, know some of the old songs, you know, there, there's a resurgence in that. So I think... Yeah. I think even for the there's there's some young folk acts now that their their focus are old songs. That rediscovery has to keep happening. You know, when I when I learned some of these songs that they call folk songs, probably sixty two or three or something like that. Yeah. And right then there was a resurgence of folk music. You know, they were playing folk music on the radio. It was like, you know, what? <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know, but but and it was it was kind of a soft um, easygoing folk music. It was kind of a, a white folk music, you know. Yeah. That they were that made it onto the radio. You didn't mm -hmm. hear Woody on the radio. And the Weavers, hear, um, yeah, those types of groups. Yeah, yeah. Well, Weavers got on, but you know, but you didn't hear Lead Belly. That's right. You no, know, yep. or Ramblin' Jack Elliott, but but uh, or, or some of the great black artists like Josh White. There was enough of it getting through that that there there were a bunch of us in my generation that kind of got onto it. But but you know the important thing I think is to kind of retain that that some of those old songs yeah you know and and uh, even if they're there just to influence the newer songs in, in addition to that folk artists are drawing from the melodic tradition I hear this a lot right. the, it's the melodies the timeless melodies yeah that seem to be reworked but yet at the same time their essence are there is still there and I'm specifically thinking of this one of your tunes secrets of the heart which has that timeless melody but the lyric content is right up to speed today yeah it's, it's about a, today much right now but yeah when i write a song like that I, i'm trying not to like take sides really it's just me be more uh, of a yeah, yeah. documentarian you know but right it was written pretty shortly after the 2016 election. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. I started to see um, societal changes that, that reflected a kind of a lower level of social discourse mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, respect and understanding and the kind of things that society need to be uh, an evolved, yeah. you know, yeah. so social community. What we all hope for, yeah, what we all think, think we're working for, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. sort of the ideal, as I've always always known it or pictured it as I've been growing up, you know, the ideal of how things should be and right. people respecting each other, yeah. um, understanding, you know, the, the, the value of each human life, you know, these kinds of things. 
Um, and, and those are things that, that, that Woody emphasized in his music. You know, our government was designed by the people, for the people, you yeah. know, of yeah. the people, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and so the ideal should be for people that are our, our leaders, the focus should be to make things better for, for the most, you know, like, like Absolutely. for the common good. But we've, we've lost that kind of ethical challenge, you know. Now it's everybody's got an agenda, you know, and oh, yeah. corporations have kind of taken over or are able to pay off leaders and, you know, we, we, just all the stuff we see happening. So this is Joel Raphael performing Secrets of the Heart. There are times when men are tempted and from righteousness depart. Led by the head Instead of following the heart And if they find their way back home They're luckier than some I've known Who search but never find The place that love is from I see the homeless refuge on my evening news And I hear my nation's pundits And the language that they use As I look back through history Of people struggling to be free My family is much more Like those refugees Planets spinning round the sun Circling with no end or start A little part of everyone Searching for the secrets of the heart Planets spinning round the sun Circling with no end or start A little part of everyone Searching for the secrets of the heart There's an echo in the alley There's a whisper in the wind there's a new wave on the ocean And it's quickly rolling in You can see it with your eyes You can hear it with your ears Don't believe in foolish lies Feel your neighbor's tears Planet spinning round the sun Circling with no end or start A little part of everyone Searching for the secrets of the heart The secrets of the heart Searching for the secrets of the heart 
beautiful. And that was Joel Raphael with a very special live performance of Secrets of the Heart. Thanks for that. Of course. And now, is that off um, this latest record that that's, you have? Yeah, that's on Rose Avenue. Rose Avenue. It was, I think... I'm going to say the second song I wrote for the album. It's a gorgeous record. You find that it's uh, being well-received? It's, it, it is yeah, being well-received, yeah. and it's really exciting to me You know, to be... I just turned 70 this year, so... Congratulations. To, thank you. Yeah. And to, to be uh, 70 and have a, um, a record I'm really proud of that is being well-received, it's just, you know, I mean, I couldn't be happier about That's it. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm really very grateful. Started out, I really kind of jumped out of my comfort box because my last couple albums have been recorded close to home. Oh, tell I, me about this. I live in North San Diego County. But, yeah. But this record, um, when I decided to uh, re uh, make this record... I asked uh, a guy named Marty Rifkin, who I'd met through a, a Dylan Fest that I'd played on for a few years here. And and part of that was the fact that I met Marty Rifkin, who plays in the band that they put together for this thing every year. And uh, he's a pedal steel player. I love pedal steel. It really works well with my songs. And as we started to talk about making the record, it was, uh, you know, I was thinking about other people we could bring in, you know, to play some of the other instruments, thinking, well, Marty's going to do the pedal steel and dobro and all the slidey kind of things. I said, you know, I know this, these two different bass players that I've worked with in the past that are both really great. And he goes, well, bass is my first instrument. Oh. <laughs> and so it turns out he's an incredible bass player. He's like the bass player I've always dreamed of working no with. No kidding. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so Marty did the bass and, uh, and all of the uh, guitar work, except for my guitar and harmonica and vocal, and I did a little bit of piano. And then uh, the only other musician on the record is, is uh, Eduardo Tancredi, who did the drums. So it's just really three people making all the music on that record. And we did 180 vinyl. Uh, actually, also, we did a 180 um, a transparent rose-colored vinyl. So that's kind of fun, and it's a beautiful beautiful package. And, and uh, Marty also engineered the record and co-produced it with me. And he's, he's just an amazing engineer. He's just so talented. I think this record has to be listened to on vinyl. For yeah. some reason, I think that that's, I that's the combination. I brought there. you. I'll send you a vinyl Oh, copy. thank you. I, I appreciate that. But I, yeah, no, given... given I given see you this, have a turntable here I do, in the studio, I do, so. I do. No, I'm a vinyl fan. But yeah, given the, given the material, yeah. the recording, I, I think to hear that on vinyl is the only suitable way. <laughs> Not the only. I mean, for, listen to it wherever, however you can get it. But right. man, that's, that's the stuff. The entire album was recorded pretty much in Santa Monica. Oh, so it did take you out of your home base. It did, and yeah. I stayed in uh, just over the uh, the line in Venice uh, on Rose Avenue when I made the record, and that became the title of it. There that. you go. But uh, one of the songs that I had already had written um, previously to starting to write songs for this record, I had one song that, you know, that uh, actually wasn't initially going to be on the record, but as I thought about it, I thought, well, it really needs to be on this album which was the, the song Strong, mm -hmm. which, which mm -hmm. was a co-write with Jason Mraz um, that had, had uh, happened in 2015 right. when, when we went together with uh, Bonnie Raitt and Jackson Brown. Um, I went with John Trudell's Bad Dog Band doing John's parts, mm -hmm. and we invited Jason to go along to do a concert at Standing Rock, North Dakota, right. for the right. Standing Rock Sioux Tribe and the water protectors there uh, during the protest of the DAPL. The response to the song was so powerful, and, and because water, clean water is such an important issue, every living thing on the planet needs water. You yeah. know? It's a commodity that now we find we have to pay for. It's a fragile resource. It's a very fragile resource. Yeah. A lot of people think it comes from a pipe under the sink. Right. And the reality is, is you know, we, we have a, a diminishing supply of clean water, 
And we really have to watch it because, as they said at Standing Rock, water is life. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I decided to put it on on the record, and I told Jason about it, and, and it turned out he was going to have a place in between tours where he would be home. He was glad to, to sing the vocal part on it. You have effectively put this very bright spotlight on Standing Rock and the issues that surround that and brought awareness. That, to me, is a higher calling in music, to be able to provide that kind of awareness so that people can think about it and, and, and make better decisions. I always feel good about it, and there is a price to pay <laughs> for, for going down that road. You know, when you write about important issues, it's not necessarily creating in a, in a commercial realm. Right, that's you correct. You know, something that's going to be unnecessarily uh, really popular. You know, it's not pe- a hit. People don't want to necessarily hear about things that, you know, um, that we need to be concerned about. It can make people uncomfortable. And it makes people uncomfortable. So, you know, and folk music, you know, is sometimes does that. You and I met briefly, I believe it was back in 2012 mm-hmm. at the Woody Guthrie Centennial events. And you were involved because who you are as an artist, but also you're really connected to Woody and Woody's tradition and even got a chance to co-write um, yeah. some songs of Woody's. Uh, that's got to be an amazing experience. Co-writing with a, with a person that's not alive anymore. <laughs> and it is an amazing experience. Um, so uh, I was intrigued with Woody early on and, and uh, because I knew that, that he had influenced Dylan so much and because I had found some uh, children's songs that, you know, that he'd written. Um, was one of the few recorded things I found in, in the early 70s. Mm-hmm. Um we played those for our kids as they were growing up. So I was exposed to a lot of that stuff. And, and I was kind of on a hunt to kind of find out what it was. You know, what, 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 what was it about Woody Guthrie that had intrigued so many people, not just Bob Dylan. But, yeah. You know, you, as you dig into it, you start to find out how many people he influenced. And, right. You know, what a powerful entity he was. And more stuff's become available. And, and A lot of that goes to his children. I mean, Nora Guthrie has, has yeah, curated. What, what happened and... is, is, is Harold Leventhal initially protected much of what was in Woody Guthrie's uh, archives. Mm. As Harold Leventhal was, you know, kind of aging and was not going to be able to do it any longer, she she took over and started to work with him. And one of the first things she did was she started to, to go through some of the unfinished works, sets of lyrics that Woody had written, and and started to, to dole those out to people that yeah. she thought might be able to do something interesting with them. You know? Yeah. The first batch being, you know, Billy, Billy Bragg and Wilco, I think. And, right, right. And then, and then it was a wide range of styles too. The wide got a range of styles, yeah. and, and that was kind of her focus. So you know, like I, I was kind of lucky to get some stuff because, in a way, my style was not so different. So, so when when I was able to uh, visit the archives and, and and eventually was given five sets of lyrics to write music to, my approach was pretty pretty direct and pretty simple, and that turned out to be a good thing. Yeah, because um, now there is a uh, I have a collection of. Uh, Woody Guthrie songs. It's actually two CDs. Yeah, I think that it's. A, I think it's a collection of about twenty-five songs. Twenty-three of them being Woody Guthrie songs. Five of them co-writes where I I, I was able to write the music to Woody's words, and and then um, two of the songs on the album are originals by me, written in in the style of Woody or yeah, you know, influenced yeah. heavily by by Woody. Um, a bunch of songs that Woody wrote but never recorded. There's a few familiar ones on there as well. Yeah. But, you know, I tried to kind of bring some new stuff into, not just the new stuff that, that had never been heard before, but some stuff that maybe Woody sang a few times. You know, making those two records of Woody songs, that yeah. you know, that changed me as a writer, you know. I mean, you know, just like... 
Because you dedicated a good good part of your career. So, yeah, about, you know, probably over three years yeah. to making those two records. Yeah. Know? So I kind of stepped away from my own stuff, and that became a real focus for me. And uh, it's a really great collection. I'm really proud of that collection. Yeah. Well, I, I have to say, um, as far as I'm concerned, um, uh, you have now established yourself as a direct line to Woody because well, of that there's, experience. There's a lot of us. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I, but... I won't. I won't claim that one. But but you know, there are there are a lot of people that you know. There's an expression that's been around for a long time: Woody's children. And there you and, go. And, and there, you know, as having played the festival for 22 years and having met so many people that have come and gone from that, and, yeah. the, and some that come every year even if they don't have a, a spot. Um, you know, I know that, that, that there's a, Woody has a lot of children yes, <laughs> such as yeah. myself. And yeah. so I, you know, I don't, I don't claim it in a special way at all, but, but I'm very proud of the association. I appreciate your humility and saying that there's a <laughs> lot and you know, Woody's children, you're correct. I mean, that influence is deep, Yeah, but there's, there's not a lot of artists on the planet that got a chance to work with the raw material of Woody's lyrics and get inside of that yeah. the way that you did, and so you that's know, that's still a small club, small club, you know. And there's the, the the songs have been handed out to a number of people, and, and there's some some great stuff has come out of that. But it is still a small club. I'm yep. very proud to be in it. Oh man, man, <laughs> absolutely. And you brought up earlier in our conversation that you just had an, a landmark birthday, one with a big zero yes. at, at the end of it, and it seems to um, have also inspired some songs. Some ref time for reflection. It's a personal journey. <clears throat> yeah. You know, the whole thing ends up being a personal journey, I think, yeah. for everybody. Yeah, coming to grips with some, some of the uh, things of, that aging brings, which is, you know, you, you, you understand your mortality better. Mm -hmm. And, of course, you can understand that better when you're not, you know, through other ways, not just, you know, getting older. You know? Right. Like things happen to people that make them confront that. Yeah, you know, that's for sure. You know, the temporary uh, state of life. You yeah. know, we're only here for, you know... Uh, finite amount of time mm -hmm. as an artist you know I, I i'm compelled to at this point to try to uh, use my time in the most valuable way i can you know get the most out of it try yeah. to have the most impact with my songs it is a it's a personal experience and it's it it brings a lot of changes as you get older uh -huh. and uh you know being 70 i'm not that old i still have a lot of friends around me that play music that are older than me right and and they're a constant inspiration. You know, a, a few weeks ago, when I first started out on the, on my my touring support for this album, one of the first places I was going to be going was Washington D.C. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I was going down to Richmond, Virginia, to play a concert with Jason Mraz that he'd invited me to be a part of, and mm -hmm. I was very excited about it. And it was three days before my birthday, which was a, a couple weeks before I was supposed to leave. I woke up with the worst pinched nerve in my shoulder. Mm. I, I mean, it was just you know I. I could barely play my guitar mm. and, you know, it was like I could do it, but it was just so distracting the pain of it. And, uh, you know, I hoped it would go away in a couple of days, but it just hung on and hung on. <clears throat> and I was getting close to having to leave for the trip. And I, I expressed to my wife, I said, you know, I don't know if I, if I can do this. I might, no. this might, I don't really know what's going on here. It might be a pinched nerve, but you know, it, it might be something else. You yeah, know, I could yeah. go out on the road and, and seriously just drop dead. Right. And she said, well, then, then you're going to die doing what you love. <laughs> and, you know, because there was no getting out of it. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Even, and I knew that. Yeah. But, but there was a part of me that was saying, maybe you can't do this. I'm interpreting from you in a song like Never Needing right. is, is that 
this this moment, this time to sort of uh, take stock and assess what's important for you. Right. Um, and my guess is is that as we get older and gain those insights, you get some really um, uh, you get some clarity. I bet about what is important. Yeah, and that song was uh, inspired. You know, and I'll play it for you. But that's that song was inspired by um, something Odetta said to me. Mm. And I had the opportunity to play some shows with her and get to know her a little bit. Awesome. And, uh, you know, one time we were just kind of hanging out by the side of the stage. And, and I, I can't remember exactly what the conversation was, but the thing she said to me was, the older I get, um, the things I don't need just just fall away from me. Yeah. You know, the things that I've held on to that I don't need anymore, they just they just fall away. Yeah. You know, and, and so the older I've I've never forgotten that, you know, but the older I've gotten, the more I've understood what, what she was saying. Yeah. And, and that's really what, what never needing is about is, is, is letting the stuff you don't need fall away and, and continuing on with, with the stuff that you do need. Joel Raphael, this has been such an honor, a really true privilege to get a chance to spend some time and talk with you. Well, it's been really fun, man. And everybody get out, see him live, get this record. We're going to end the show with Joel Raphael performing Never Needing. Inside of my heart Finding my own say Learning how to grow old Accepting my own age Things I do not need soon fade away Down some other road One I've not yet known So let my eyes be shown Where my time has flown The things I do not need I need not own Yesterday's a memory Fade to distant sky River rolls down to the sea Needs no rhyme, no reason why We have found a place To slow down the race And to the bitter end Time spent with a friend Never needing to pretend Yesterday's a memory Fade to distant sky River rolls down to the sea Needs no rhyme, no reason why We have found a place To slow down the race And to the bitter end Time spent with a friend 
never needing to pretend Never needing to pretend Be sure to subscribe and follow Joy Sounds wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, follow us on all social media platforms using the handle at Joy Sounds Music. Are you an artist who would like to be on the show? Visit the contact page of our website at joysoundsmusic.com for more information. Until next time, this is Joy Sounds, music you need to know.